Hey, Domestic Don, Josh Landers here. Let's go ahead and finish up that Thailand talk. Got a little busy here in summer. Uh, back to work now. Had a bunch of dumb fuck meetings I had to get prepared for. And just general preparedness for the, the, the year. So I got kind of held back. A little held back. My brother was in town for a couple of months. Obviously, we took that big trip to Southeast Asia. So that took a lot of time and energy away from me as well. But again, that's all excuses. All excuses. Mostly it was just a drunken summer. You know, a lot of people on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and shit, they always put out the getting healthy, getting back to the gym, you know, all those posts that are the popular ones. Mine weren't like that at all. My summer wasn't like that. My summer was just a long, drunken haze. Not a liver killing haze, just just beers pretty much pretty much every day. You know, boozing pretty much every single day this summer. Now I'm taking a little bit of time off. At least a, a few days off. But you know what I just had though? You know, one vice gets replaced by another vice. I just had a a bowl of cinnamon toast crunch at nine fifteen at night in my garage. I haven't I haven't had a bowl of cereal in I don't know how long. But uh, I haven't had cinnamon crunch since I think I, since I was a fucking kid. But it was it was actually pretty delicious. So I just replaced one uh, kind of carb with another. Hopefully, I won't do that all the time. Uh, but obviously, it's 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 difficult when you're not boozing uh, to always stay fully fully healthy. You got to have that little either a sweet tooth. I don't smoke cigarettes, so I don't have that vice to to grab onto. Uh, I don't do drugs too much. I should start doing weed more. Smoking that and taking some gummies or CBD oil that should probably that would probably help me. It helped me sleep too. The worst thing about not drinking is is I can't sleep. I don't sleep well anyways. But damn, when you stop drinking for a little while, it's impossible for me to fall asleep. I just stare at the walls. Uh, it's it, anyways, it's tough. But let's go back. Let's go. Let's get back to Thailand. So Bangkok, uh, I urge people to go there. It's it's a wild ride. All the things you probably heard are, you know, more nightlife stuff. I didn't really see a lot of the nightlife stuff, like I mentioned last time. We didn't stay out late. We had two kids with us. We can't go. I can't fi- go go find some lady boy uh, in in some red light district or something like that. Uh, I can't do that anymore. I don't have the energy. And the trip took a lot out of us. We're out pretty much from morning till you know the evening, and by that time we're just exhausted. So I didn't really see the typical. Uh, Bangkok you might have heard of from history, you know, post-Vietnam War or even during the Vietnam War of just the sort of crazy hookers and drinking and fights and all this other shit. Uh, I did see a Muay Thai fight, but it was sanctioned, so it wasn't it wasn't in some weird basement uh, with a bunch of uh, gamblers and there was a regular, regular event, uh, amateur event, but it was fun. Me and my kid went there in uh, Chiang Mai, which is up north. And I'll get to the details of how we ended up there, but it, it was it was awesome. It was awesome, and that was the one night I think I did actually catch a pretty good buzz. Was in uh, Chiang Mai at that Muay Thai fight. Uh, I, maybe it was the excitement, the adrenaline. And maybe it was just me drinking too much. But it, that was awesome. That was that was a high, one of the definitely one of the many many highlights of the trip. And then going back to the capital, Bangkok. That's I think that's the capital. Um, obviously we. You know, everybody knows going in summer is probably a bad idea to Asia. It's uh, ball dripping, uh, you know, sweat dripping, hot. 
it's 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 brutal. Uh, 95, I think, was the average. 95 degrees, uh, probably 80 percent humidity, at least 75 percent hum- humidity. So you add those two together, and it was the hottest place I've ever visited. Uh, I've lived in the South before. Uh, I've been to Mexico before in summertime as well. Uh, but th- this was this probably takes the cake in terms of just the overriding heat and it just it just saps the energy energy out of you so if, the, if there are people that are able to have a full day traveling and then ha- hit the nightlife they're probably 20 uh and they just have a lot more probably energy than i do especially in that kind of heat but again bangkok was it, it's awesome i think it was a great experience to bring the kids to uh wildly busy city i didn't know there was eight point eight million people there uh, i didn't know there's gonna be that as many high rises as, as there were uh, and the place we stayed was a little more a bit old school we played we stayed in the uh, uh old city area of bangkok i believe around the outskirts of that and it, it was a little not calmer nothing is calm there but it just seemed like a little less uh, party atmosphere that, than i was expecting and it is strange you know even though it's a, it's a completely different culture than the one i've grown up in it it it, it felt more I guess, I don't know, not westernized, but it wasn't as strange as I thought it was going to be or we thought it was going to be going there. We thought we were just going to be complete fish fish out of water. It wasn't that bad. Uh, there was, of course, language barriers. We don't speak Thai. We had a few phrases that we uh, could get by with. Uh, and the Thai, a lot of Thai people don't speak that good of English. But again, we, we got by somehow and, and it worked. There was a lot of gesturing going on, a lot of fucking uh, 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 kind of sign language uh, getting us from place to place, pointing at uh, maps and pointing at our phone with an address on it. You know that, that's that's how we got around. And in this new world, you know that's the way you can do it. I didn't I didn't try Google Translator. Maybe I should have tried that a little bit more. Uh, I don't think I've ever really tried that. Maybe I like the excitement of not knowing exactly where the fuck I'm gonna end up or trying to get through with my own uh, wherewithal uh, to try to get from place to place and find locations. But it, it, we, we did it. We got through. And if anybody is traveling for the first time or is scared to travel to these kind of third world, I guess third, third world-ish countries, I don't think Thailand is a third world, maybe on the borderline of that, going towards second world. Um, if anybody's scared of doing that, and I know a lot of people are scared, though. you go to Mexico? Why, why, why would you go to Mexico now? All the cartels and the headless bodies that turn up in the street and shit. Uh, don't be scared. Don't be scared. Uh, nothing's going to happen to you. You're mo- most likely going to get mugged or robbed or murdered uh, somewhere in this country, right? Some bad area of some city in America. I'm sure statistically, is that true? I don't know. I think it, it sounds good. But uh, just don't be scared to go to these places. And when people go, I think, to Thailand with family, it's rarely that do I hear that they go to Bangkok. Usually, I think it's sort of more of the beachy resorty areas in the in the south. Uh, which we did end up there at some point in the trip. Uh, but going to Bangkok, one, it was fucking cheaper uh, to fly there. We don't make a lot of money. So it was cheaper to fly into Bangkok than it was flying into Phuket, which is in the southern region. Uh, so we, we just took the deal. We just took the deal. But our deal got kind of fucked up later on in the trip, which I'll, I'll detail later, where we had to end up spending 1700 more dollars on bullshit that hopefully we're still getting back from United and from, well, I guess, yeah, just from United and from the doctor we had to visit for my daughter's illness. Dun, dun, dun. Again, we'll detail all that shit later once we go in this sort of chronological order. Uh, Bangkok with a six-year-old and a 13-year-old 
uh, cruising around the city, you gotta obviously gotta have your your wits about you. The traffic flows in obviously opposite direction than when, when, when what we're used to. It's in the sort of London style or Ireland style, you know, uh, um, the English style of driving. So they drive on the fucking what left hand side, right? So you got to be careful just crossing the street. But more than that, it's like a fucking brutal game of Frogger with uh, mostly scooters going by and tuk tuks and just vans. There's no fucking rules on those roads. So if you do travel in Bangkok, I I wouldn't drive. Uh, Maybe I'm a pussy. I probably am. I've driven in Costa Rica before. That was fine. A little bit more open. I've driven in other places as well. But I, I don't think I'll drive in, in fucking Bangkok. I, there's no way. I, it seems crazy to me to even figure out where, to, where you're going, for one. And then two, just getting around through these non-rules. Everybody's just going every which way, but they make it work. They make it work somehow. I didn't see. Well, we saw one accident. We saw one accident up north in Chiang Mai, and that was just a tuk-tuk. That went off the side of the road, and it seemed like everybody was like, if you don't know what tuk-tuk, well, let me explain what a tuk-tuk is. Tuk-tuk's like a three-wheeled motorcycle uh, kind of thing that has a little, uh, maybe a seat for four people attached to the back of it with a roof, and most of them had a roof on it. And the driver sits up front in in the little one-seater there, and it has a steering wheel instead of a motorcycle handles, I believe. Or maybe some of them have motorcycle handles as well. I can't remember, but some of them deck them out with lights, you know, kind of the strings of Christmas lights and shit around you in the back. And the seats are fucking horribly uncomfortable. And it's a very tight fit for all four of us in the back there. Uh, and they're open aired, right? So you just cruise in and it's fucking smells. It's ran by a, a car battery and it just brah, 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 sounds like a, a motorcycle. And they cruise, man. They, they go probably, I don't know, 40 miles an hour if they open it up. But on the streets in Bangkok, I don't think you can even go that fast. I'm sure they might go faster than that. Uh, but the ones we went on, primarily in uh, Bangkok, and I think we hit some in uh, Chiang Mai as well, uh, it's primarily just, yeah, in the city streets, and you can't go too fast just because of the traffic. So that's what a tuk-tuk is. Um, and we took those quite a bit. Uh, we found out they were cheaper than cabs. Uh, and if not cheaper, just a little bit quicker to maneuver around the city and fun. We had to do it. If you're in Thailand, you have to take a tuk-tuk at least once. It's a fucking touristy, westerny, whitey thing to do. Uh, so I, I totally recommend it. It's fun. My kids had fun on it. It was a little sketchy at first, a little scary, but driving in general was just scary and everything that we went on. Uh, again, go back to Frogger though, just tr- crossing the street for the f- first few times. The lights don't, I mean, they change. But no one listens to the red lights. Uh, there's no real crosswalks in a lot of the intersections. Uh, there's no uh, green man or white man, whatever it is, uh, uh, blinking to signal that you're going or a red hand to stop you from crossing the street. And if there is, like I said, nobody fucking listens or pays attention to it. The motor scooters don't. Uh, the pedestrians don't. They just go across when they can get across. And we learned that pretty quickly. Uh my wife and son were a little timid at first. My daughter didn't really know exactly what, but I'd grab her by the wrist and say, go, 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 go. And we just run across the fucking street as fast as we can. And sometimes I'd have to leave my wife and son behind because they were a little, like I said, timid about crossing the street and waiting for it to get clear. But it never gets clear. The streets never get clear. It's just constant, constant motion. So you have to hit those gaps, man. You have to fucking hit those gaps quick to get across the street. And we learned how to do it fairly quickly. We learned how to do it uh, pretty well, actually, in our short time that we were there. And we spent about three days in Bangkok. And we saw some great places. We saw the Grand Palace, which is this big, decadent, 
ornate buildings kind of in the middle of the old city and it's just a place tons of tourists go to they have you know guards outside with with rifles and what i noticed about the rifles i don't know if we looked at it accurately but the rifles they didn't have any cartridges in them i don't think they were loaded i don't think they had bullets i think it was just all for show and they reminded you me of the uh the ones you see outside the um buckingham palace in in england right where you, it's all for show they have those fucking over there they have the big fuzzy hats and shit uh and they just can't they can't smile they can't look at people and they just stand there all fucking day i wonder how much i wonder how much they get paid how many pounds do those guys make that's a hard job when you got the goofy fucking americans and other australians and shit coming over and try to uh, make you smile and go in front of you to try to make you flinch and shit and you have to stand there and take it and just get your picture taken with all these dipshits uh hopefully they get compensated pretty well but the guys in thailand at this grand palace they're the same they had to just stand there and what's worse about them i mean yeah in london you got to deal with the fucking uh rain and the cold and you know i guess the heat in summer uh, but this place you get heat all year round and i don't know how these guys do it they're right in the middle of the fucking sun in these long uh kind of uh, army style uniforms white they're at least, at least they're white so they didn't soak up the sun as much and they had these big hats, these kind of helmety looking things, a little, I don't know, golden spike or some shit. I can't remember. We took a picture with one of them. Um, but yeah, I don't know how they do that all day long. Hopefully they have like a little air conditioner inside those fucking uniforms. I don't even know if they get water breaks. But they're used to it. They're Thai. So they're used to the heat. Not like our pussy Californian asses over here. Um, so where was I getting at? Oh, another weird thing about Thailand in general. Um and we started noticing, we read it in a guidebook, I think, before we went. But what we know, what we read was that they really like children. I mean, you know, which, you know, I think hopefully most countries do like kids. Uh, but it, it was a very child-friendly country to visit, we read, which is always good to hear. And I don't know what countries are child-hating places. We'll probably have to skip out on those until the kids are adults, maybe. Um, but we, we heard that. And we didn't know exactly what they meant. They heard they smile at them a lot. They kind of, you know, just kind of maybe pat their hands or, you know, just they're just friendly in general. And I saw it full frontal, right? I saw it right up front and not with my son because he's 13. So he's in that sort of fucking weird, awkward, teenagery thing. So he's not a kid anymore, right? He's, he's kind of going towards that uh, adulthood look or that dickhead look. Uh, the general teenage look. But my daughter, she's six. She's still got that sort of baby cuteness on her. And right away, right away in Bangkok, we, we see just people looking at her. We're walking down the street and they just hear, hey, baby, hey, baby, and both men and women. And not in a creepy way. If it was like in fucking Chicago or something like that or uh, Omaha, Nebraska, and we're walking down the street and someone said, hey, baby, I, th- th- that would creep us out. I don't know. Not, I don't know what I, I would do. Uh, I probably, I'm not a fighter, so I'm not going to go punch the person that said that, but I'll probably pick her up and walk a, a little quicker, uh, post haste, get the fuck out of that area before the creep comes over and tries to grab my daughter from me. But I never felt that way in Thailand. It was a little strange at first. Uh, sometimes, uh, someone would just come up and grab her hand and start walking side by side with her. That happened once or twice. Or when we're just kind of standing waiting for to cross the road, someone would be there and just kind of touch her shoulder or, you know, pat her on the shoulder or pat her head or touch her head. And she was like a fucking little mini rock star walking around. Uh, and like I said, in any other place, it'd probably be like, what the, what the fuck? Get the fuck away from my daughter, you fucking pedophile. We never felt that there. So it, it was just a strange experience to hear that. And I think my son is like, why is this not happening to me? 
Why don't I get the attention anymore? Uh, and you don't anymore, man. You're 13, going on 14 soon. It just doesn't happen for you anymore. That's life. That's life. Uh, he's got to just face the facts that not everybody's going to think you're cute all the time. Um, so anyways, yeah, we ate, ate some pretty good food there. Saw the Grand Palace. Um, saw kind of all the sights that I think we wanted to see in Bangkok and just experience that. We, we went to Chinatown, which is a fucking whirlwind. A lot more old school than other areas that we visited in Bangkok. It was just uh, alleys that you meander through and it's just fucking clogged with smells and uh the, i mean the whole whole of bangkok kind of reminded me a little bit of like a southeast asia tijuana with like the smells and all kind of dingy places like that cities that are just overly busy and congested and uh kind of like i said in that sort of second world third world condition they all smell the same it's like a sewer mixed with uh fucking meat you know some sort of meat stewing or grilling somewhere and it just kind of hovers all, all over the place you get you get used to it but it's just that first initial and it's not even like it's not like a bad smell it's just a well it's kind of a bad it's, it's a smell you gotta get used to it's a smell that definitely that you gotta ac acclimate yourself to a little bit just like the heat and just like anything else you gotta you gotta prepare yourself for it and once you get used to it it's just kind of ah, okay there's that smell and that you know it, it's 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 exciting. I, again, I, I like I like going into these new adventures. I can only I've heard about India before. I can only imagine what fucking India smells like. That's why I heard about India. The first thing, besides the fucking weather and the heat, is that just the smells. And I don't know if it's more piss and shit over there or more trash. Uh, and you know, uh, Bangkok was fairly clean in terms of the trash situation. But you know, the canals that they would have throughout the city. Yeah, you don't want to drink from that shit. You don't want to. You don't want to swim in it. You know, there's trash floating places. It, it's just gritty. It's got that grit. And again, I like to show our kids that grit. <laughs> I once stupidly said before I had my first kid, and I think my wife still makes fun of me about it a, a little bit. I was, you know, I, I had this sort of, I guess, idea in my head as a father, as a young father. And I was going to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show my kid the real world. I'm going to show him uh, uh, the, the other side of the tracks. I'm not going to show him this sort of normal normalized suburban white world and i didn't i didn't grow up in that at all uh, i grew up in the fucking rural hicks hick world uh, dirt roads and cows and chickens and shit but i want to you know I, I thought oh i gotta show him what, what, what what's real i'm gonna take him to compton i'm gonna take him to inner city la i'm gonna take him to east la and show him how the real people live <laughs> which is fucking stupid now to even think about i never did but they've seen something both of my kids have seen cities you know, they, we visit San Diego quite a bit, even though that doesn't have too many funky areas, even though there's some. San Francisco is a weird city. You know, it's got grit. Uh, you, got, you got the fucking posh uh, side of the city and areas of the city. Then you got the fucking gritty-ass shit, right? You got the fucking heroin needles on the sidewalk. You got dog shit in the fucking gutters. You got transvestites walking, or transgender, whatever you want to call them now, uh, walking down the streets. And yeah, in the in the Tenderloin district, or you know, you got fucking tent cities all over the place now. Even our this fucking city that we live in now got little tent city areas. So they've seen that shit. But again, Thailand didn't have that sort of tent city vibe. Maybe because the majority of the population, or, or a lot of uh, a lot of the population, seems to be living in poverty. You know, a lot of vendors, of course, a lot of people hawking shit, a lot of uh, people trying to buy, trying to get you to buy stuff, you know, necklaces and shawls or, you know, uh, these little uh, figurines or whatever it might be, or food, right? They're all over the place. 
much like Mexico, right? Mexico is very similar to that. Uh, and, you know, Bangkok, in my mind, was really no different. Just different people, different language, different food. But, you know, when you, when you break it all down, traveling is kind of pretty much all the same. Uh, unless you are one of those fucking resort cruise people. You don't, you don't see shit at those places. If you just stay in your all-inclusive resort, you're not going to see the real place. You're not going to see the real Thailand. You're not going to see the real Mexico. You're not going to see the real anything. You kind of get it. You have to get out and, you know, see, you got to see this shit, see the real shit. And I'm, I'm sounding like a pretentious douchebag right now, but that's, that's what I believe. That's what I believe. And I think that's the, that's the best way to travel. Yeah. Did we get a resort one time in fucking, uh, Thailand? Yeah, we did. Did we get a resort one night in Costa Rica? Yeah, well, fuck it. Yeah, we did. So I'm a hypocrite. All right, fuck it. I'm a hypocrite. I never want to take a cruise, though. My wife tried to talk me into that shit. Oh, we should take a cruise, Jot. No, I don't know. I don't know if I could. I'm not sure if I could take a cruise. I get a fucking... I don't know. I'd probably get annoyed with it. But maybe it would be like Vegas for me, where I'm like, ah, fuck, Vegas. And then shit, it's Vegas is a hoot, right? Uh, and a cruise, I'm sure, all-inclusive beer, all-inclusive food, I'm sure I'd fucking love it. But then I'd feel like a dipshit. I'd feel like an asshole. I'd feel like an asshole just going on the cruise. And what do they stop at a place for four hours and then go see the sights, go see what the real place is like in four hours. You can't. And whenever we travel, I think I kind of want to start doing it a little bit differently. I don't know. I'm fucking jumping all over the place here. Uh, I want to do it a little bit differently next time when we do travel and stay in one spot a little bit longer. Uh, when we do travel to other countries in particular, we try to see the whole country within a couple of weeks. We did the same thing in Costa Rica a couple of years ago where we went from, you know, landed into the into the capital, San Jose. Was it San Jose? Uh, capital of Costa Rica. Uh, didn't really see that much. We just took off from there, rented a car. Then we went all the way to our first area, like in the mountains. Oh, was it Monte Verde? I, I'm forgetting all the fucking names. It's too long, a couple of years ago. Uh, and then we t- stayed there for a couple of days. Then we went to Arenal, which is the volcano. Stayed there for a couple of days. Then we went back to somewhere else. Stayed there for a couple You know, so it was a lot of whirlwind shit. Uh, and again, we did this in Bangkok, uh, in Thailand as well. So the two days in Bangkok, yeah, we, we, we ate good food, found the Chinatown, which is cool because we were able to find good street food. My son and I, we walked one, I think it was the first or second day. I can't remember that exactly when it was, but we got some satays. So we got some street food and, you know, he, he got the chicken. I got, I thought was beef and we brought it back to our Airbnb. Oh, let me talk about that Airbnb. That Airbnb was nicely... Nice and centrally located. It was a hard, it was fucking hard as shit to find. We had to get a cab ride, yet another cab ride that cost too much money because we got swindled probably, even though we talked them down. Uh, but again, you know, you, you got to bargain. You got to bargain all the time in Thailand and well, places like that. You got to bargain. They're always going to drop the price if you bargain and just walk away. So you got to have some balls about that. Uh, even if you don't know the language, they'll say 300. You say, no, 250. They say, nah. And then then 275, no, 225. And if it goes like that for a minute, then you walk away. And then they go, okay, 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 200. So we, we had to do that. We were pretty successful. First couple of days, not so much. I think we got swindled a few times by just saying, oh, okay, for the cab ride in particular from the airport to our first uh, destination. But back to the Airbnb, we thought it was going to be, uh, well, it's fucking cheap as shit. That's why I think we did the Airbnbs this time throughout most, uh, yeah, all of our trip. I think every place we stayed, we got Airbnbs. And they were all nice, but it, it's so hard when you get those where to know exactly where they're located or how far they are. Because they usually would say, oh, close to downtown or close to the center market or close to the beat, whatever it might be. They all say close. And it's, not, it's pretty vague because you don't know how close. And the hotels that you would get 
let's just say on a beach area, you could see the map where they're at. They're right by the fucking beach. The sand is right there. The ocean's right there. If Airbnbs don't really get, provide you that, or at least we're just too stupid because it was our first time actually ever getting Airbnbs. But like I said, very cheap. I think the average was like 25, 27 bucks a night with all the amenities that you needed. Uh, they had showers, they had toilets, they had air conditioning. And luckily, fucking that's, that's again, if you go to type, make sure you fucking get air conditioning. Make sure wherever you're at has blasting air conditioning because you need it. There's no way you can sleep in that shit. It's like, it'd be like sleeping in the fucking jungles of Vietnam in 1967 with a fucking tiger attacking you. But yeah, that was that was a luxury. That was definitely a luxury. And it was, like I said, a little scramble to find. Uh, it was down an alley. We had to figure out how to do the fucking key lockbox. Yeah, but we, again, we figured it out. We figured it out. We got in, put our shit down, and then started exploring. And once my son and I found this little marketplace right across the street from us, down this alleyway, right across another busy major street with shops, with restaurants, with fucking 7-Elevens. Goddamn 7-Elevens are everywhere in Thailand. Everywhere. So I don't know how many times I went to fucking 7-Eleven. And one thing about 7-Eleven that you got to note for a fucking booze hound like me. So if you're a booze hound, take note of when you could buy beer in Thailand. Especially from 7-Eleven. I didn't find any really supermarkets. I don't think I went into any major supermarkets. It seems like 7-Eleven fucking owns the supermarkets. So they don't sell beer until 11 a.m., which is fine. But then I figured out pretty early that they don't sell sell beer between two and five. It has something to do with the religion. It has something to do with Buddhism. So in my mind, I was like, ah, fucking Buddha. Man, come on. Come on, you got a fucking beer belly? Why don't you just let us buy? But no, from two to five, it, it's cut off. You can't buy it. They close down the fucking uh, the coolers. And uh, the, I found that out pretty quickly, like I said. So booze hounds, take note. But what you can do is you can go down to little, to little bodegas. Just little mom and pop stores down alleyways or right on the main street, and they will sell, sell you beer. I think they could get a huge fine for it if they get caught, but I don't think anybody's catching anybody in fucking Thailand doing that shit. So I was able to sort of go to these little bodegas from that two to five region if I was getting a beer at that time and get it. And restaurants serve booze from two to five. It's just a little bit more expensive, obviously. But to pay 60 baht for a tall beer at a restaurant is not too bad because that's about two bucks, right? So you get about a 22 ounce, something like that. Uh, 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 yeah, pint, six ounces, yeah, 22 ounce. You get that for about uh, a buck to, or excuse me, two to three bucks at a restaurant. Where at 7-Eleven, you can get it probably for about a buck 25, a buck 50. So again, just kind of keep heed of that, heed that warning about booze. Oh, going back to the satays. All right, so yeah, we got back to the Airbnb. My wife and daughter are just kind of relaxing for a few minutes before we go on a long walk. And that day, we, we walked almost 10 miles in the fucking heat with a six-year-old's legs. So I thought that was pretty good. I thought that was pretty good. So we get back. My son's eating his chicken. I'm going to, oh, this looks like beef. And I take my first bite. It's, it's beef-ish. It's something, something beefy, but it doesn't have the texture of like meat like muscle. It's not the texture of muscle. It was some kind of awful. There was some kind of organ meat. I kind of want to say heart, but it, it, I think it was kidney. I think it was probably a kidney. It had kind of grittiness to it, kind of a, a um, milly, milly taste. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it was very strong, strong tasting. So I think it was either uh, heart, uh, kidney, lung. I don't fucking know. I don't know what part of the beef it was. Uh, it could have been fucking chicken shit for all I know. I don't know. 
uh, but that, yeah, that was it. And that, that's, that was our first couple of days there, eating at good restaurants, found a couple of good ones, found a couple, you know, not, not, not good ones, but just places that we need to, we need to escape the heat. So we just, we just go to a place for the air conditioning, get a small plate, get a drink and just kind of chill out and cool down. And that was the thing about the first couple of days there. I didn't have an appetite or much of one. I think that it's just draining. You know, I'm fucking sweating constantly. I, I don't know how many bottles of water we'd buy in one day. Big fucking bottles of water, too. Uh, a few liters, you know, at a time. And we just suck those down. Because uh, you don't want to drink the water in Thailand. Or I didn't. At least I didn't drink the water. Uh, my my family, they would get smoothies. Fucking, I don't know how many smoothies my son got. I'd say, shit, in two, a little over two weeks, he probably got 20 smoothies. It seemed like maybe two a day. Maybe more than that. Fuck. He, he went at it with the smoothie, smoothies. Mango smoothies, especially. So, I guess the ice was okay. Uh, but they did get sick later on in the trip, and I, I never did. But I was sipping on their smoothies. I tried them. And my wife would get some mixed drinks here and there. So I don't know. I don't know if it's a fucking theory, conspiracy theory, that you can't drink the water there. But I just didn't want to try it, especially the tap water. So we would brush our teeth with bottled water. We would uh, rinse off uh, fucking our, our mouth with uh, bottled water. When we took showers, we just told our kids, don't, don't put the water in your mouth while you're taking a shower. So all these little tiny nuances. They just have to get used to when you're traveling to different places. And you never know exactly what water is good to drink. You know, you really have to kind of research that. You can't really ask the locals because their fucking gut biome is so used to that shit. So, again, just little tiny, tiny intricacies that you just have to focus on before you travel there. And especially with kids. Especially with kids. And that's something I kind of felt bad about bad kind of parenting at one point too because another day i think it was one of our last days in bangkok we took a a boat ride in some region of it after walking around all day and just kind of seeing the sights and going to a little museum and things like that and just taking it in soaking it in and, and walking quite a bit again we went to a, a temple i think it was called wat arun temple and we took a little ferry boat ride across whatever river it was and it's just, that was a temple, not like the Grand Palace, because the Grand Palace was just this big fucking, you know, palace. It used to be a palace for the king and queen or whatever it was. And this one was more of just the, the, the monkish sort of temple where you had to be quiet, you know, don't point at the Buddha statues. You had to wear long sleeved shirt and a pants or at least long, long pants for the males. Women also had to wear long pants or I think skirts at least down to their shins. Uh, you know, just kind of show respect. So we brought those clothes with us, knowing that, put them on while we're in there and fucking t- strip them right off when we get out just because you can't wear shit like that for too long. But yeah, th- it was nice. It was, a, again, beautiful sight to see, walking up the steps and just seeing the old school uh, structures and just the, the views from there and across the river. And again, it was already a f- probably six, seven-hour day of us walking around, and we, had, we were hungry, so we wanted to go eat. And we found a couple of rooftop uh, eateries, rooftop restaurants that overlooked the river. So we stopped at one of those, and we just picked one random. Randomly looked, looked nice enough. It was attached to a hotel that looked decent and, and, and nice location, and we ate on the rooftop. And it, it was no air conditioning. It, was, it had a roof over it, so we're in the shade, and it had a, a, a good blasting like outdoor kind of a swamp cooler that was on us, so that felt good. And we're the only ones at the restaurant at that time. Uh, and the service all there is always nice in Thailand. Never had a problem with the service. Obviously, it t- things take a little bit more time, so it doesn't have that American sort of fast food feel. So just like any time you do travel to these places, just you know, take your time. Take your time. Sit down. Relax. You're on fucking vacation. 
Shit's not going to come out that fast. Street food comes out fast. So if you want street food, if you want something fast, go to those places. The, but they're not the sit-down relaxing places. They're the walking around eating places, uh, the majority of those. So we sit down, order some drinks. The menus in Thailand, too, they're always about, uh, I'd say, 35 pages long, 40 pages long, something like that. It just seems like their menus are gigantic. So you just have to flip through, keep flipping through to see what you like. And it's pretty standardized stuff. You know, there's nothing, I'm not going to explain the food too much. Everybody, Thai food's pretty prevalent here in the United States. So it's nothing that I have to go into too, too much detail about it. One thing I was surprised about though, in the first couple of days, I was, you know, a little afraid of the spice and I like spice, but then again, you can go over the top, but I was just for the kids in particular, what was the spice going to be like? How do you say not too spicy? We learned how to say that a little bit in Thai, but we never had a problem. The kids never got anything that was over the top spicy for them. And neither did I, I got some stuff that made me sweat, but nothing that would just, that killed me and burned my tongue and fucking had to order some goddamn goat milk or something to, to wash it down with or fucking yak milk, whatever they have there. So yeah, that one that one day though was what it made me feel not like a bad parent, but just a parent like what am I, what am I doing? What do I what am I doing to the kid? What are we doing to the kids? Is this should we be doing this? Is this too much for them? Uh, the thirteen year old, yeah, he he was fine, but he got it later as well. So that moment I was like, oh man, we're, we're, this is too much. This is just too much for them. Next time we'll just go to the fucking Dakotas and, and uh, take a road trip or something, something easier where it's not so strenuous and not so foreign for them. And again, Costa Rica is just a little closer too. It was only a six hour flight and it is just a little quieter of a trip. And this one was a 17 hour flight. So, you know, 22 hours in total to get there uh, with layovers and stuff. But yeah, but at that moment, I'm like, fuck, we're two days, three days in. And my daughter, we're at the restaurant and she just looks at me across the table and you could tell she's something's wrong with her. She, her little face that is very full of expression. So when, when she, something's wrong with her, you know. And then she's just like, oh, Willa, what's wrong? What's wrong, Willa? Are you okay? Are you okay? She's like, uh, she kind of started swallowing, you know, that pre-fucking F shit. Something's coming up. She'll, I think I have to throw up. And then, okay, okay. So we tried to rush to the bathroom, which was close by, but she didn't make it. She didn't make it. So we, she crossed around the table. We're trying to get her to the bathroom. Just right on the floor, right by our table. And we're like, ah, oh, fuck. And then it's just, there was like green slime. I don't know what, did she, I don't know if she fucking sucked some honeydew melon down or what. But it was just like this greenish slime that came out of her, her little body. And then the, the servers, are, they're really, oh, is she okay? Is she okay? And they're coming over and trying to help us. And they're cleaning it up. They brought a mop out and shit. And my, my wife took my daughter into the bathroom. And, you know, she still looked like a little sick, like she was going to throw up again. And I think she did throw up again one, uh, once in the bathroom. But then uh, right there, I'm like, fuck, man, what am I doing? What are we doing? And then, uh, you know, I get that inkling in my head, like, uh, that's it. Trip's over. I don't think we could do this. I, I, have the, I get that all the time. Anyways, uh, just at certain moments, you know, I get uh, I get that annoyance. I don't know if you guys have noticed so far just in these podcasts, but I, get, I, I have sort of a, a anger issue at a lot of things uh, and a pessimistic viewpoint uh, on a lot of issues. But uh, and that happened later on in the trip as well. Not the sickness with her. Well, that did. But uh, not uh, other annoyances that got to me that go into a fucking mall in Thailand. Anyways, we'll talk about that later. So after she threw up, my son, son and I just kind of settled back down. We're still eating, kind of concerned what's going on. I go to the bathroom door, call is everything okay? Yeah, yeah. So then my, what, they're in there for about 10 minutes, 12 minutes, 15 minutes. And then my wife texts me, and I look at my phone. It just has the shit symbol, the shit emoji. I'm like, oh, man. And my daughter is one that shits for a long time. 
Uh, it, she could stay in there for 15 minutes. She could be in there for 30 minutes. She just likes to sit, talk to herself, sing to herself. She's a long shitter. And we knew that about her from here, living with her for six years. She's always been a long shitter. But she was in there, I'd say, a good 40 minutes in the toilet. A good 40 minutes. And then when she comes out, she just has this big fucking smile on her face. She's like, I feel better. So she puked, got the shit out, and then she came back, drank her apple juice, and ate a little bit more of her dinner or lunch, whatever it was. And yeah, so fucking this little powerhouse, this little powerhouse six-year-old who I'm worried about, like, what the fuck? is what, we, this, we can't do this. She's fucking, whoop, she bounces right back. That's what kids are beautiful. They bounce right back. And so if I puked and just shat for 45 minutes, I'd be like, I got to go back to the hotel. I need a nap. Uh, at this at this fucking age uh, no not a six-year-old she's she's a trooper and i think also a lot of six-year-olds are like that but i think mine is now again like i said used to traveling so i think she could just get right back on it yep all right snap to it and she's she's back with it back for the adventure and what my wife was saying she was talking about on the, well she was standing there waiting for my daughter to f- finish up her dump uh she, i guess my daughter looked at her and said i'm an elephant soul I don't know where she came up with that. Obviously, where she wanted to see elephants in Thailand. She just bought an animal, stuffed animal, uh, outside of the temple that we're just at. As sort of a nicely, uh, um, I don't know, kind of a Thai-looking elephant, but it's it's it's, it's Thai style. I don't, I can't I can't explain. It. it has beads on it. It's kind of a, has some uh, jewels and some sparkles and shit like that. It's a pink elephant. Anyways, so we bought that for her as a, her little stuffy. And, you know, she's probably thinking about that. And we knew we were going to go see elephants up north in Chiang Mai in a couple of days. And she was excited about seeing those animals up close and personal. So she just tells my wife, I'm an elephant soul. I don't know what that means, but I just thought that was adorable. After she pukes, after she just shits, shat, shits, shat, that's what she shat. She's just thinking in her little brain, I'm an elephant soul. And I thought that was pretty beautiful. You know, this little brain full of wisdom already, right? So after that, we took a tuk-tuk. And fucking another parenting fail. We take a tuk-tuk after we finish our, our meal, take some of her plate to go so she could finish it back at the Airbnb, back at the hotel. And, uh, yeah, we take another tuk-tuk home. Kind of uh, finagle with the guy, the, the driver for a little bit to take us back home for cheaper than he started out at. I think we got him down to, like, I don't know, 150 baht, something like that, which is probably, uh, what is that, five fifty six dollars which is not bad for a... 15 20 minute ride rather than walking for another 45 minutes to an hour so we're cruising down the uh, this tuk-tuk and it, this one was our first ride in one of those so we're excited i took a little video of it while we're doing it my son is you know kind of crouched away from the the outer edge of it so because cars are whizzing by motorcycles are whizzing by fucking scooters are whizzing by so he brings his elbow in that's another thing in thailand when you're riding anything fucking tuck your elbows in because most of the shit you go in uh, not the cabs, but the tuk-tuks and these other little buses up north and down south, they don't have, you know, they don't have windows or walls. Uh, they don't have outer uh, protection. Uh, so you have to just fucking, if you lean your elbow out, make sure you tuck, bring it back in because shit gets close. Another another t- uh, tidbit of advice. So we're on this first tuk-tuk, and I got it on video a little bit. I'm taking it. We're whizzing by. Things are whizzing by. We're going fast. And we, I, I put my hat on backwards. I told my son to hold his hat. My wife's hat, I guess, is tight enough with her fucking ponytail through the back where it doesn't fly. My, my daughter's little hat, this little orange hat that she got from her kindergarten class last year, right? It's a sort of a growing point in this kindergarten where, you, where you, when you move on to another school year, you get this orange hat. So it was, just, it was her pride. She loved it. This little, little baseball hat. 
and she has it on top of her head and for some reason she has her little um what the fuck are they called little uh, uh thing that goes in girl's hair i don't know i fucking can't not a bow but a goddamn fucking thing that i can't fucking think of the word anyway she has that on top of the hat for whatever reason not on her hair because she can't wear a hat or she wants to show it on top of the hat i have fucking no idea she's six and a girl so uh headband fucking headband over the top of this orange hat so right you know probably 20 seconds on the ride once we get to a little bit more full speed she whoo the fucking hat flips off her head with the headband and lands in the middle of the street and i could just see her little face her little fucking sad, worried face. This little face that just had fucking vomit, green vomit coming out of it a few minutes earlier. She's just looking back at the street. And it, the hat gets further and further and further away. And it, we could just see it bright orange in the middle of the street and other things just running over it. Other vehicles. And she, the look on her face, I'm like, oh, I'm a fucking horrible person. I should have thought, take her hat off. Or turn it around so it doesn't the, the fucking brim doesn't catch the wind and flip it right off her head. I've lost hats before like that when I was a kid. I've lost shit. And I remember that feeling of losing stuff that you really liked. And that just the sadness in your heart. And that deep sinking fucking feeling in the pit of your stomach. Like the world, what the hell, what happened? Why? Why did that happen to me? And that's what she looked like. And I felt so bad for her. And I told her the entire time after that, we'll buy you a new hat. We'll get you a new hat. Okay, no, we'll, we'll buy you a new hat in Thailand once we find something that's, that you like. And she's really into baseball hats now. So she's got this sort of tomboy, princessy fucking thing going on. Um, but yeah, but the whole trip, we couldn't find a hat that she liked. We couldn't find a hat that we really liked. All of them were kind of just, eh, we could buy a better hat somewhere else. So it, it was sad. It was a sad moment. But it didn't ruin our trip. We still had a fun time in Bangkok. We still had a fun time going through this fucking crazy world for uh, th- two and a half, three days until we moved on to the next place. And the next place we moved on to uh, was the train station in Bangkok and taking the overnight train into Chiang Mai. Uh, and the idea of that was another adventure that we w- really wanted to show the kids. And my wife and I have been on overnight trains in Europe before, and we just wanted to show them the, how fun it could be to be on a train and sleep on a train and wake up and you're there. You're at your new destination. But not without trials. Not without a little trial just to get there. And last point with this little section of the podcast, before we get to Chiang Mai, before I have to fucking go to sleep, is uh, we get to the train station. And that was a kind of a fucked up day. We get to the train station, get all our fucking shit from the Airbnb, clean up as much as, 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 much as we can, and <clears throat> do our laundry. And another fucking thing about Thailand, what we noticed, they have most of the places that we stayed and maybe they, the other places have better uh, laundry systems, but the, the washing machine is also a dryer. So you wash your clothes and it's all in one, which seems really efficient, but you, you wash your clothes and you set it on dry and the motherfuckers don't dry all the way. They get like damp, you know, they go, they go dry enough to be damp. And so what we would have to do is take our damp clothes and go hang them outside. And it's hot enough there when the sun is out that it fucking dries it pretty quickly. But if it's cloudy, it takes forever because of the humidity. So we, we put our clothes out there as best as we can. And I don't know how many wet, wettish clothes, damp clothes we fucking packed away before we went to another uh, destination. But the, <laughs> that night, I kind of hung out some clothes. Or is it that morning? I can't remember. It was the, either at the night before or the morning before we left when we were leaving that I hung out some clothes on this little deck patio area on the upper level of the Airbnb. Just a small, tiny little 10 by 10 deck, if that. And there's a, there's a rack out there where you can hang clothes. And there's just, you know, the, the um, just chairs and a table that was out there. And, and just the edges, the, the rails of the deck where we can just drape clothes over. So I did that. 
And I thought I was being smart and putting them on the actual uh, clothing rack, which was a little higher up so they can dry better. And I, there was a storm that hit. And it was pretty windy and some rain was coming down. And I put some too heavy of shit uh, on, on the rack. And the next morning, the rack fell over the side of the rail and the side of this upper deck and just kind of landed on like a fucking patchwork of vines and just greenery. And it was down below probably about 10 feet. I couldn't reach it. And then I saw underneath all the greenery was all this fucking uh, like barbed wire or at least some sort of just fallen rusty ch- chain link fence. I'm like, I'm not fucking jumping on that shit. I'm not, I can't go down there. If I go down there, I'm going to end up on the news. Right, something bad's gonna happen to me. I'm gonna go to the hospital. I'm gonna have to get fucking tetanus shots. I'm gonna get some fucking rebarb up my ass, rebar, rebarb, rebar. I'm gonna get some fucking thing of rebar up my ass. It won't be pretty. So I didn't want to go to the hospital in Bangkok. I'm not saying they have bad hospitals. I just didn't want to do it. So I got the. I was able to retrieve the clothes from there with like a. I think I had a broom. So I got the. I found a broom. Was able to get our clothes back up, but I could not. Could not get this big fucking steel rack. And when I was trying to get the steel rack. With a broom, uh, or it was actually a dustpan. With a dustpan, I I, <laughs> dro- I dropped the dustpan uh, down, and luckily it fucking just hung at the edge of uh, the railing, and I was able to get the, at least the dustpan back. But the fucking rack was gone. Uh, not gone, but fucking, I'm not getting it. So we collected all our fucking damp clothes, packed those shit up in our suitcases, and my wife, she, she sent a message to the Airbnb host, say, oh, sorry, we, uh, there was a storm last night. The fucking laundry rack went over, and obviously it was not a problem. They didn't charge us anything. It was just an honest mistake. So pack up all our shit. We grab a cab, I believe, to the train station, which is about, I don't know, 15 minutes away. It wasn't too far. So we get to the train station. No, this time we got a little bit smarter because when we first got to Bangkok, we were walking around with our luggage still with our two uh, large carry-ons. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, kind of lugging those around. And we knew we can't do this. It's just too much work. Uh, just We just have to travel light. We'll have one or two backpacks rather than all four of us having a backpack. And we need to just store our shit somewhere. So we figured that out. And we, we, we found that the train station had a little luggage place for you to pay, I don't know, 20 baht per bag. They store it for you for the day. Uh, or until you, your train comes and arrives. So we did that. We packed all of our a couple of backpacks and our luggage into this little very busy little kiosk inside the uh, train station. And, you know, we have to trust people. We have to trust the people that are putting the fucking tags on it, that they're going to put the right tags. we got to trust that they're not going to rifle through our shitty possessions and steal shit. We, we, yeah, and we, we have to. You have to. And that's what we did. And then once we did that, we, we, we found shit. To do. We had to go find stuff to do for probably, I think, three or four hours before the train arrived. So we're, we're looking around, uh, we're reading in the book what to do uh, around the train station. We're, we're just trying to figure it out because we didn't know that area at all. And then we found a park, like an actual park. And we said, oh, let's just go hang out at the park. Uh, we'll get something to eat. We'll sit in the shade. And we'll just kind of have a relaxing day before the fucking train arrives. And then a, a couple of cabbies were asking us, where do you want to go? And we say, oh, the park. Oh, no, 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 no park, no park. Too hot, too hot. And then I said, okay, so you got to go to, uh, what the fuck was it called? Let me see. Hold on. Let me fucking flip through my notes here. Anyway, it was a fucking... uh, Where are we? Too many fucking notes. Too many notes. All right. This is what happened. We ended up talking to a tuk-tuk driver. And he said, Oh, I know a park to go to. Let's go to Siam Park. And All right, Siam Park. Let's go. That sounds all right. It sounds like a park. We probably can't go on the fucking playgrounds there because it's too fucking blisteringly hot. 
and I don't want my kid's fucking ass to get burnt going down slides. So Siam Parks. So we go there, and you know it's already kind of what are we doing? Hopefully, hopefully it's fun. I already have I already have that mentality. I already have that sort of weird annoying annoying anger building up for whatever fucking reason. I gotta just sometimes stop myself and say, "Fucking Josh, you're in goddamn Thailand, right?" You're in fucking Thailand on the salary you and your wife make, and you have your kids with you. Fucking buck up, you fucking negative Nancy. But of course, it's it's rising in me. It's rising. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, what is it? And then once we get there, I see it's a fucking mall, a mall. It's the I hate malls. I absolutely cannot stand mall. I I think the last time I liked malls when I was probably like 15, 16 years old, trying to look for pussy that I never never ever got. Uh, you know, we would go, me and my friend and brother would try to fucking go to malls to meet chicks in fucking 1993 or four, driving a half hour from our fucking shitty hometown to go find, like I said, try to find some, some trim that never happened. Even if a girl fucking looked in our direction, we'd fucking run away, but I've never, I just don't like them. They, they seem to, uh, I don't know. It just, I have, I get weirdly like nauseated in there. I just, my head hurts. I feel just, it's, I don't like it. The fucking corn dog smell or something or I don't know what it is it's too sterile <coughs> it's too fucking uh, Muzak going on I just I can't stand it but this one was not a fucking ordinary mall this place is fucking gigantic it's huge it was like, I think it was four or five stories had I don't know how many stores in it probably 500 stores had a gigantic movie theater had a fucking aquarium in it it's just huge a massive massive mall and it's busy as shit and Bangkok itself was busy and now it's starting to get on me. I'm like, hey, I, I just need to get to a quieter place. There's just too many people here. And then the mall was even worse because they're all fucking packed in. You know, they, they're all in one place. They're all in one location. And there's no way to, nowhere to escape. And even if you escape, you're right back in the fucking heat and the craziness. <coughs> Jesus Christ. I need some water. Um, but yeah, a fucking a mall. And that's kind of my hell. And what I found out, there's a pretty good food court there, actually a pretty eclectic food court, like tons of food choices from burgers, Western food to Indian food to Thai food to Chinese food, tons of shit to choose from. So that was all right. But once we ate, we, my wife and I got some Indian food. I think my kid got, my son got a burger, of course. Uh, I think I can't remember what my daughter got. But uh, there was, what I found, there was no, there was no beer there. In the whole fucking mall... They didn't, there's not one bar. There's not one place to just buy a beer and bring it to the table. I even asked around, is there beer here? And they, oh yeah, they pointed me somewhere and then I'm looking around, no, no beer, no beer. So now I'm turning into not only annoyed Josh, but a fucking asshole sober Josh. Cause I'm not an angry drunk, right? I'm just not, I actually get happier when I'm drinking. I don't understand when people say, oh God, he's an angry drunk. He gets so violent. I get, I get better, right? I get the anger rising when I'm sober. I'm not, never violent. Right? Well, I have hit fucking walls and shit. With, I break my own hand. And I'm never violent to people. I'm violent to myself. But, um, yeah, no not no booze. No beer anywhere. And so that that kind of, that took me a little while to get over. Uh, but once we get out of there, and again, I don't think any of us were really having the time of our lives in that place. No one really wants to go to a mall when they're fucking, I guess, well, I guess some people do. But when you're <coughs> traveling around, Nobody wants to go to, I don't, our, our family's not like that. But of course my son's like, oh, I'm all, he's, he's into all that shit right now, being the age he is. So anyways, we go through there, look at a couple of stores and then get the fuck out. Hold on. Let me pause real quick. I got to fucking take a drink of water. All right. That's better. 
Uh, so we get out of there. We escape. Then we take another tuk-tuk back to the train station. Still got about an hour and a half to go. So we're walking down the streets. I saw a couple of little restaurants. I said, okay, maybe, 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 just maybe I can get a drink. And then, uh, so we're walking around. And of course, what time is it? It's like 3.15. Our train leaves, I think, at 5, 5.30. It's 3.15. And remember what I said earlier? What advice did I give you, booze hounds? What did I tell you? When can you not buy beer? Two to five. So I'm like, fuck. Can't go to 7-Eleven. Can't go to the train station because they don't allow beer in the train station for some odd fucking reason. And, but again, thank God, God live, God save the fucking bodegas. And this little side little market, this lady's cooking shit on a grill. And they have a little cooler next to the grill with ice cold Chang in it. And there's Chang, there's Leo, there's Singha. There's, those were the kind of three staple beers that I was getting. But uh, I became fucking the Chang spokespan, spokes, uh, spokesperson, spokesman. Right? I was a Chang spokesman for that trip because I think that's what I drank the most of. And they're, they're all the same. They're all just kind of light lagers. And in, in that fucking, in that temperature, in that, demo, in that fucking area of the world, you can't drink like IPAs and shit. It's, it's impossible. Nobody wants a fucking stout. When you're in 95 degree heat, unless you're fucking insane, unless you're some fucking beer dick, beer aficionado, right? Some beer asshole. I'm not drinking a lager. Lager? No, it tastes like butter. Uh, shut up. Shut the fuck up. But it's like the perfect beer for that place. Light, crisp. You don't get too drunk. You don't get. It takes fucking 27 beers to get drunk off them, because you're like I said, your fucking asshole is sweating the entire time. Um, so yeah, but it's it was there. So I got one. They bring us to this little back room, kind of probably maybe, maybe to hide us from the street, just in case there is a cop that comes by and, and f- wants to find them for selling beer during those hours. So we're in this little back room, and it's a fucking long kind of a uh, banquet-style table with a fucking Winnie the Pooh uh, tablecloth on it for some reason. Uh, my kid gets a Coke. Uh, my daughter gets, a, uh, I think, some sort of juice. And my wife, I can't remember if she gets, um, some bottled water or something. Um so yeah, I'm drinking the beer. I'm getting oh, okay. Now I'm now I'm getting angry. Josh is getting pushed down now, right? Annoyed Josh, who just got back from a fucking super mall, is now kind of going away. The pleasantry of the trip is 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 coming back. And I know what you guys are probably thinking. God, you, you got a problem, Josh. You got a problem. You got a problem with drinking. You got a, you're an alcohol. Yeah, no shit. No shit. That's what I'll say to you. No shit. All right, but uh, it's it's it was getting me back. It was getting me back. So we're there. We we stayed there maybe a half hour. Uh, we saw a rat that went by, you know, in the fucking little alleyway outside. So that's always nice to see a rat. I was taking pictures of pigeons all over the place. That's what I do when I travel. I have to get at least a couple of pictures of a foreign pigeon, even though they're all the fucking same. They're all a bunch of flying rats. But I, I took a picture of a pigeon a few times. But a rat, I couldn't get the picture of a rat. It's too fucking fast. <coughs> if I could ever get a picture of a rat at every location that I've traveled, that, that'd be something, that'd be on my fucking new Instagram page. Maybe I should make a pigeon Instagram page. Traveling with pigeons. I got to come up with a better name of that. Birdman? Pigeon fucker? I, maybe I should, I'll start a new Instagram page and just post pictures in, in different countries, different states of a pigeon with a, maybe a, you know, the fucking Eiffel Tower behind it. I'll, I'll do it in a, in a very artistic photographic way. Uh, so once after that, we go back to the train station. Hang out for a little while longer, play some card games, whatever we're doing. Uh, then I said, okay, I'm going to go to 7-Eleven. Because what I found out is that the overnight train also does not serve beer. I guess there was someone that got murdered 
on a train a couple of years ago. And I'm sure it was just a very isolated incident in that country. I don't think they have a high murder rate. But it was just something. And the guy was drunk, of course, that murdered someone. So, uh, you know, being kind of a stringent, I guess, uh, legal system, they just they banned it. They banned all liquor on trains in uh, Thailand. At least I don't know if it's just overnight trains or all trains. But you couldn't get a beer on a train. So me knowing this, and again, for booze hounds, yet another piece of advice, number eight or whatever it is, can't drink on trains in Thailand. So be prepared or be secretive. So what I do this, of course, another fucking uh, uh, iconic 7-Eleven across the, oh, the across the roundabout right in front of the train station, another busy ass road. So I make my way across. My family stays in the train station. I run to the 7-Eleven. It's fucking packed because everybody's getting snacks and shit for the train whatever train they're taking people are just kind of loading up on on snacks and stuff and uh, pastries and coffee drinks and sodas and waters or whatever they're doing so i go over there and i buy a couple waters and then i see oh shit the uh the, the beer section it just opened it's like 502 and there was the whole beer the beautiful curtains rose in the coolers uh and there's there wasn't just me there's a couple other booze hounds there that were buying beer and I'm just kind of looking, seeing what the price is, seeing, seeing what I could fit into my backpack that wouldn't be too conspicuous. I wanted to be a little bit hidden uh, if I was going to have a beer on the train so I don't get arrested or fined, like fucking 2,000 baht, whatever it was. So I don't want to get, I don't want to spend $400 for a, a couple of simple beers. So I was going to be, ah, am I getting these? Am I going to drink them? I was kind of saying, ah, probably not. Maybe I'll just have them for the next day at the uh, next Airbnb we're staying at in Chiang Mai. Uh, so I buy some. I buy a couple of cans. I think I have three or four cans that I could fit in my back- backpack easily. And there's another guy there, kind of a tall, dreadheaded, tattooed dude. And he's he's ah, oh, you going on the train? And I said, yep. And he's, he's got an accent. He's a uh, he's a Kiwi. He's from New Zealand. And me and him kind of start talking. We get we get in line. He buys a couple of beers. And then him and his wife or girlfriend that she's outside. And we just start talking a little bit. He's ah, oh, where are you going? I said, ah, oh, Ching Mai. Ah, oh, we are too. And, uh, yeah, we just, he, I said, you, you can't drink on the train though, right? Said, oh yeah, I've been on it before. You can, you just, you know, pull the curtain on your bunk. When, once they set up the bunks for you, you just pull your curtain to the side and you just sit behind the curtain and you can drink and read or do what the fuck you want. And I said, oh, okay, that's a, that's a good uh, piece of advice, my friend. Uh, so we just part ways and, uh, just uh, have fun, have fun this trip. And they told us where they're traveling. I told them where, uh, told me where they're traveling. I told them where we're traveling and traveled before and all this other shit they went they were in santa barbara a couple years ago uh, i just told them where i lived and it's uh, you know it's how beautiful that area is and shit anyways just just making small talk so we get back to the train train now we get on it so i have my beers in the in the backpack right so i'm ready to go just in case shit hits the fan or in case i'm able to sort of have the little uh, uh hidden beer behind my little private curtain but that obviously, obviously the seats don't go down until eight or nine o'clock and they don't convert into beds, little bunks, until later on. So I'm fine. I can wait. Then I see, you know, the the train starts. We're looking at the scenery go by. It's getting dark outside. We can see these fucking just little hovel shacks on the side of the tracks there with little uh, poverty showing uh, in, in Thailand. And then we pass through other little villages and cities. It's getting a little bit more hilly and green getting outside of Bangkok. So that's always a nice little change. Then I see a guy, you know, in a couple of seats ahead of me when I ran to the bathroom. I go to the bathroom, come back, and I see him drinking a beer. <coughs> and I say, what the fuck? I thought you couldn't drink beer on here. And all of a sudden, uh, my hopes rise. I get uh, I get happy. I'm like, oh, Amy, Amy, you can have a beer on the train because I'm such a fucking 
it, the, whatever pleases me is not like a normal thing, right? I get happy over the dumbest shit. It's not like people, it, I, I, go, I don't get happy over normal things. And just the fact that, that I figured you couldn't have a beer on the train and then seeing that you could, how, why, why am I so fucking elated? Yeah, I, I got a problem. I need to talk to somebody. But anyways, I do. I get happy. And then uh, Amy, the little server, the server comes around and Amy's, oh, two, I guess uh, two beers. And she orders two beers. And okay, so she comes with two beers. The kids order a drink, whatever it was. And then we get the beer and I'm like, oh, I'm so excited. I see it. It's Heineken. But it's Heineken Zero, meaning non-alcoholic Heineken. And all my hopes and all my dreams and all my expectations fizzle into this non-alcoholic barley, right? So anyways, do I drink? Yeah, I drink it. I mean, it's popped it, drank it, tastes like a beer, has no effect. But still, I'm on a fucking train going to Chiang Mai, drinking non-alcoholic beer, talking to my kids, having fun, and I know within an hour or two they will convert my bottom, the art, art seats into a, into a, a bed. They'll convert all of ours into a bed. It'd be my son on the bottom bunk, my daughter on the bottom bunk across from him, myself on the top bunk, and my wife on the top bunk across from me, right? So I know that's going to be a beautiful ride. The The soothing, rocking motion of the train will lull us to sleep like little babies in a bassinet being rocked by their mother. So I should be just, oh, that's fine, right? I got over it. But then I remember, I remember, I got some beers in my backpack. I got four beers in my backpack. So once the light, the lights never fucking went down all the way, but once, you know, it was nighttime, my daughter's going to sleep, my wife's going to sleep, or they're sitting, they're laying together, reading books, whatever they're doing across from us. My son and I kind of go on the bottom bunk and we pull the curtain and we're just talking. And then I pull out my first beer and my son starts laughing. I start laughing. We call it the surveillance beer. I'm, pu- I'm poking out the fucking curtains just to make sure there's no uh, a military cop coming to arrest me. I'm holding it away from the window at certain train station stops just in case there's someone there saying, that motherfucker's drinking a beer. Get him. So it was a funny night. It was a funny evening. Me and my son just laughing, talking stupid shit, talking about stupid shit, and me just taking little tiny sips of the stupid beer in a, in a fucking uh, uh, converted bunk uh, on a way to Chiang Mai with my family. All right. And the next time I'll talk about the New Zealand guy because I see him again in Chiang Mai, my fellow compatriot, my fellow alcoholic, my fellow booze hound that also was drinking beer behind a curtain somewhere on the same train. So here's to him. Here's to my beer brother. Here's to how alcohol unites us. And here's to how people can be dirtbags but still be effective dirtbags while traveling and in life in general. You can be an effective dirtbag like myself. I haven't lost a family yet. I haven't gone crazy yet. So I, I would say I'm pretty successful with being an idiot. Pretty successful at being an idiot. All right, I'll stop there for now and come back uh, later for round two in Chiang Mai.